0: And I appreciate, you know, your pastor and his wife, and uh, I see their burden for people and their burden for this area here, and that's a great blessing. And, uh, you know, it just, God reminds me once again, I really desire great things to happen here. I love you folks, and I love this ministry, and I pray that God will do great and mighty things. A lot of hurting people today, right? And how we need to give them the gospel, let them know that Jesus loves them. God's been good to us, and Five and a half years that's hard to believe. Now that's been years ago. I think of how long Kathy and I have been in the ministry, over 50 years. We went, oh. You know what's sad? I was telling the preacher, I, I was uh, in Colorado preaching for Brother Ken Black. That was a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if I told it in the church this morning, but I'll tell it again because I don't remember. That's good. That's what's great about getting older, you don't remember. And uh, but anyway, I remember you know we were landed in Dallas. We had to get on a what do they call the things, the things on that you go from one part of the airport to the other part, whatever, trams, whatever. And so I'm standing there. There was no seating place, and there was this young lady. I say young lady. She was late 40s. Hey, that's young to me. I'm 73. And all of a sudden, you know, she looked up to me and said, "Sir." I said, "Yes, ma'am. Would you like to have my seat?" <laughs> DO I LOOK THAT BAD? <laughs> I DIDN'T SAY THAT. <laughs> I SAID, I REALLY AM GETTING OLDER WHEN ALL OF A SUDDEN SOMEONE IN THEIR LATE forties SAID, MAN, YOU BETTER SIT DOWN THERE, YOU LOOK REALLY, YOU'RE NOT GOING TO MAKE IT, AMEN. <laughs> BUT I SAID, YOU KNOW WHAT, THAT'S VERY KIND, BUT MY MOTHER WOULD SHOOT ME FOR TAKING some A SEAT FROM A LADY. I SAID, NO, I'M FINE, I'M DOING GREAT, BUT THANK YOU. THAT WAS CONSIDERED. <laughs> IT DID BLOW, I SAID, I GUESS I'M JUST GETTING OLDER, AMEN. All right, take your Bible Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And you know, I've been praying for some time, Lord, just lay on my heart things that may be an encouragement and a help to you. Uh, I believe the church needs it. I believe we all need it more than ever before in the days and times in which we live. Like I said, I do believe we're living in the last days. And that just simply means for those that may not be aware of the Bible, that means I believe Jesus is coming soon. I look forward to that. I really do. I mean, I yearn for the coming of the Lord and I'm tired of all the corruption, the sin and the misery and the anguish and pain, yet the burden of my heart is the Lord come back and those that are not ready. That grieves me. But in the same sense, I look forward for the Lord to come back. I look forward to the to the, to the day when all of a sudden Christ will rule and reign for a thousand years. In Israel, in Jerusalem, amen. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And you know what's really exciting? There'll be no Washington, no politics anywhere. It'll be Christ. And I said, oh, what a blessing. No corruption and evil anymore. Wow, That's going to be great. I look forward to that time, amen. But anyway, until then, I want to preach on the subject of faith, the importance of faith. The endurance of faith, the reminder of faith, the ministry of faith. I'm trying, I got all these titles running through my mind, so you just pick the one that fits you best, amen. But another one I see in this is the ministry of helps in faith. All the faith is vital, faith is important. And I believe there's an attack on the child of God and the church of God like never before today. And the devil knows if he can discourage you and I, then we cease to go forward, we cease to grow, we lose the joy of the Lord. God is honored by faith. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and here Paul's giving instructions, Paul and the theme, the message in chapter 3 is faith. He's reminding them of faith and its importance. He's riding under a heavy burden for them. They were going through great trials, great difficulties. If you've ever read Fox's Book of Martyr, it kind of gives you some of the insight they were facing. Paul's concern was, don't quit, don't run, don't hide. As we get closer to the coming of the Lord, let me just remind you, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. But God will take care of His own, amen. And faith is my armor, Ephesians chapter 6. It is my protection, amen. Nothing can come into your life but what God allows it. So remember that. Have faith in God. Satan desires to cause us to question the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, and the ability of God. When I'm living in doubt, God ceases to, to work. And so it's a constant battle. I have to be reminded so I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage you to pray for me. Let's pray for one another, amen? In these last days, how I yearn. I remember at my mother's funeral we sang that song, What are my girls did, what a day that will be. Wow! I look forward to that when the trumpet sounds, and God gives me and everyone who is a child of God a new body, amen, a glorified body. No more aches and pains, amen. By the way, Barry, no hospitals, hallelujah. No cemeteries, how about that? No more sorry goodbyes or sadness or sickness and all. You do not hear, what is depression? It's gone, for the king is on the throne. I look forward to that. And I hope you know him. I hope you know what, get in church if you're not in church. and Let God build your faith. The notice in verse 1, let me just read these verses. I'll not keep you no more than three hours tonight teasing. (laughs) So if I can say two hours, he did pretty good. I'm teasing. There's food back there. I like food. Amen. But notice in verse one of chapter three. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, Paul is speaking from his heart. By the way, in this, he's giving us a portrait of faith, a description of faith. And you know what I saw? It's His faith He's describing, faith in action, faith in action. Notice we thought it good to be left alone, uh, to be left in Athens alone. In verse 2 it's said, Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ to establish you and comfort you concerning your faith. Now that word faith is mentioned six or seven times. I mean, that is the theme, that is the subject, and and Paul knows if if, if the devil can discourage the people of God, they cease to go forward. And so he was concerned that through the trials that they may quit. Some were in danger of losing their jobs, some were in danger of losing their life. Some were being run off and abandoned and neglected. And then notice in verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, Overwhelmed, defeated, discouraged. For yourselves know that we are appointed there unto, ah, boy, appointed, selected God has a purpose and plan and a testing for you to help you. Oh, I, don't. I say, Lord, if there's Brother Chris, let him have it. There's Brother Sheldon, he can have mine. I don't know, God said, this is for you. God knows what you need that you might see the greatness of God. Then he says, In verse 4, for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. Well, thank you for telling me that. That is exciting. You're going to have a lot of problems. Now, are you uplifted tonight? Let me just be honest. You're going to have a whole lot of problems. But guess what? If you're seeking God, you know the Lord, you have a whole lot of grace. And you'll grow in it. And you'll you'll maintain the joy of the Lord. And then in verse 5. Notice, for this cause when we can no longer forbear, means to be overwhelmed, burdened. I said to know your faith, how you're doing. Are you still faithful to God? Lest by some means the tempter. Now, who's the tempter? That is Satan. I mean, we have the world and everything that's against us today. But you know what? Faith is my armor, that is my protection. Notice, uh, be tempted you, and your labor, our labor be in vain. But not in verse 6, but now that when Timotheus came from you unto us, brought us good tidings of your faith. In other words, they hadn't quit, they didn't run, they were still going on for God. Notice of your faith and charity, that, that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, when we were comforted over you in all our affliction, All are distressed by your faith. So we see the subject. We see the theme. And then in verse 9, for now we live. He said, your faith is ministering to me. The way you live is encouraging and helping me. See, we're to help one another. We're to minister to one another. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what things can we render to God again for you, for you all, uh, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face, and perfect that which uh, is lacking in your faith. There it is again. You know God's concerned about you. How's your faith doing? Your faith determines your success or your failures spiritually. Whether you finish the race or fall by the wayside, Your faith in God, not faith in self. Then verse 11, Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one to another, and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end He may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all saints. Amen. Father, once again we come to You in that precious name, that lovely name which is above all names. Lord Jesus, we just desire your presence tonight. We are weak. By faith, we just acknowledge your love, your mercy, your power, your grace. And Father, tonight I pray that you'll touch. I pray your presence will be felt. I pray that God, you'll set the captive free. Oh God, may we worship you and love you and adore you. God, for those that are downcast and for those with great burdens, may they sense and know the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know there's a lot to be said but I can't spend a whole lot of time as I briefly cover this chapter. We've made it clear that the theme is faith. Over and over again He mentions the subject of faith but when I think about faith I'm reminded of what of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And there we have the definition of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped. For The evidence of things not seen. Now what does that simply mean? Put it in my simple terms, Alabama terms, that simply means as you believe the promises of God, as you determine to trust in God, God makes it a reality, makes it visible. He makes the Word of God become real. And Satan says, and so Satan was attacking that ministry as he will try to attack you to doubt the promises of God so that you may not know the promises of God. God's on the throne. The devil says, give up. God said, What are you talking about? The victory's been won. You just don't see it yet. Sometimes I think it, but God, it sure looks bleak. God said, It's okay. All right. See, God knows the outcome. He knows the ending. By the way, you can read it. It's in the Bible. We win. May not look like it, but we win. God loves you. But you cannot enjoy the presence nor the blessings of God by living in doubt. And then notice with me, is with, and then we have Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and we talk about the subject of faith. For without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. How do we know that God works? God said, you trust Me, you believe in Me, and I will reveal My presence, My power. How often I have been in the conflicts, or the battles, or the circumstances, and God has shown Him so strong in my life. By the way, Christ lived by faith, Galatians 2.20. And the scriptures three times confirms in the word of God. The just shall live by works? No. By emotion when things took no by bank account? No. By faith. In the unseen hand of God, this building did not happen. I mean, you're you're here not by accident, but somewhere somebody's faith was exercised, and they believed God. Every movement of God, every minister of God that's been blessed or continues to be blessed. And because faith is being exercised, we choose to believe that God is still God. Amen. The devil says give up, and God says, what are you talking about? Amen. And so I have to be, I'm, I'm preaching to me tonight. And I still like the promise that, and, and that the Lord declared when he said John 14, 12, and greater works than these shall, shall you do. That is phenomenal. Let me ask you something. What great works are you doing spiritually? Well, God says, as you walk with God and stand the word, stand church, love God, serve God, and you believe in God, God said, I will do great things through you. That is the promise of God. Are there people that are devastated and hurting today all around us? All around us. In this city, there's people that are hurting. They need your faith. See, biblical faith. Now, let me give you this biblical faith, Bible faith, is visible. It's tangible. So when someone says, I got faith, and yet nothing ever happened, that's not faith. What did James say? Faith, well, that works, is dead, being alone. What is he saying? If I've got faith in God, then I'll say, man, I want to live for him. Even with my mistakes and my faults and failures and all, I'm going to serve him. I want to do something. When someone says, hey, I love God, I want to help. Faith says, I want to minister. By the way, biblical faith says, I will help you first before I help myself. Faith is never self-centered, not biblical faith, Christian faith. It says, I'll honor God and I'll love you first. Boy, that's tough. You know what the politicians are saying? I've heard it two years ago and now I'm hearing it again from other politicians. We need to gather those who are believing in God and those who are conservatives and we need to brainwash them to believe like we believe and live like we live. Can you imagine that? I mean, we, we live in a generation today, and all of a sudden, nobody knows what gender they are. Are you kidding me? God knows. God created what? Male and female. God knows. I take His word, I stand on that. The devil's confusing everything. He's attacking the family, he's attacking society. But God still reigns. If you look at, if you look at the circumstance, man, we could get discouraged. We have to keep our eyes on the Lord. Now, I still love the verse, Matthew 17, verse 20, about grain of mustard seed, you know. If you got that, and how many of you have ever seen a grain of mustard seed? It's tiny. And God said, now, if you could bring your faith up to that little bit, you could be a mountain mover for God. How's your faith doing? Have you moved any mountains lately? Hey, God said, be a mountain mover for God. Have faith in God. Are you living in despondency? Tell the devil, take a hike. But you're not going to grow if you're not in church. You're not going to grow if you're not in the book. You're not going to grow if you're not on your knees and seeking the presence and how we need faith. But man, that church was under attack. And believers today, man, the devil's doing all that he can to discourage the people of God and the ministry of God. And people, well, if we just get through tomorrow, you—I don't want to just get through or nor just get by. I still want to believe that God can do great things. And you know, I still remember at COVID. And I remember this one church. And they were in one of the extreme liberal states, and I mean they just despised the Gospel, despised God. and They tried to shut down every church and said you are not going to have any kind of services at all, not even broadcast live or nothing. But this one pastor said I'm going to do it. And uh, they raised the money. They were determined to send out one live broadcast and ministering and trying to reach people for Christ. I remember reading about that. And this was two or three years, maybe three years ago. But anyway, they raised the money they, they, and they, they sent out this evangelistic message. And they thought, well, maybe nothing happened. Come to find out over, I think it was 1,200 people got saved by the grace of God. They, choose, they chose not to let the devil defeat them. Now, don't let the devil defeat you. Amen? I mean, it could be your health, it could be your, you know what, trust in the Lord. Have faith. It could be family. I mean, there's so many things that Satan would throw at. They were going through great trials, great difficulties. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't surrender. They wouldn't give up. Have faith in God. Uh, I, I've got a lot of things here, but I'm not going to go through it for the sake of time. Let me give you this here real quick, like to show you something about how their faith was being challenged and tested. Several words were used in the book of Thessalonians to describe their trials and difficulties. How, how would you like to come home and all of a sudden, if we, and the husband says, Hun, if I don't deny Christ and worship Nero, I have no job, there's no income. For some that said, I will be put to death if I don't choose to deny Christ. That's what they were facing. Some were facing banishment to be abandoned and have no nation whatsoever. That's why Paul wrote, he said, don't quit. Don't deny your Lord. Don't run. Don't let fear control you. And all of a sudden, you know, Timothy wrote back, he said, Paul, it's okay. They're faithful. They're going on for God. They're not, they had turned the known world upside down for God. They counted the cost. I'll live for him who died. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I'll stand for God. I love that. And the devil says, run and hide. Someone was asking me, I forgot who, I think it was you or something talking about, was it me that, um, or did the mafia try to kidnap our kids? No, they tried to kill me (laughs) in Italy when uh, preaching the gospel. And uh, they tried, they put a contract on me in the early 80s when we were down in Naples, Italy. But you know what? God took care of us. They tried to kidnap our kids. God took care of us. Fear is a great tool of Satan. He says, quit, quit. You can't. There's no hope. He's a liar. Dear friend, counting the cost, I'd rather live for him than live for the world, because dear friend, this world is perishing. There's nothing stable about the economy, nor the world, nor anything else anymore, but God is always stable, and we can trust in the, the living God. But several words. One is the word affliction that is used twice in First Thessalonians, and the word affliction means pressure to the point of being crushed by circumstances. Been there, done that? Oh, I can't tell, man, is just too much? Everything's falling apart. That's what that word means. That's what they were facing. Yet they chose to say, I will be faithful. You want the joy of the Lord? Be determined. No matter what the cost, I'll live for him who died for me. Jesus counted the cost for you because he loves you. Have faith in God. Another word that was used was the word pressure. Oh boy, amen. And in other words, it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. This is the same word that listen that was used in describing the suffering of our Savior. Paul said, those believers were suffering on the same level, the same difficulty, the same torments as the Son of God, the Savior who was crucified. He said, I understand, and so does the Savior. He knows what you're facing. Thank you for being faithful. Well, I got my feelings hurt. Oh, dear friend, Jesus was wounded. Jesus was nailed to the cross. Jesus loves you. And dear friend, let me. Do, you know what? Sometimes, yeah, it's fearful, but you know what? You choose to stand firm, you watch what God will do when you choose to stand firm in the Lord Jesus Christ. God will take care of you. Another word that was used was persecuted. Now, that's an interesting word. That means to be driven out means to be abandoned, rejected, despised, and hated, disowned. That's what they were facing. And they said, we'll face it all, but we'll not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll live for Him no matter what it may be. We have faith that God is bigger than all the problems and all the battles. How's your faith doing? Discouragement causes the soul to dry up. You start existing rather than enjoying His presence. I know. (laughs) It's happened to me many times. I said, Lord, I'm living it down. I confess it once again. I know His patience. He loves you. Man, He wants you to know the joy of the Lord, not the misery of the Lord. The blessings of God. Another word that was used was contrary. And that's an old English word. And that means that refers to the old English sailing ships or the ships that had the sails. When they would be, you know, they would move by the way of the winds. And the word contrary I means winds that were blowing the ship in the wrong direction, maybe to the point of destruction against the rocks or whatever. Different today we've got so much satanic hatred and opposition. If, the, if the, You know, what the government could, they'd take every Bible away right now. But God says, no, no, no. If the government could, most government, I mean, persecution around the world, it is really heating up. It's like we're living back in the 30s, all of a sudden the Jewish hatred is like nothing we've ever seen before because that's in the end time. Why do they hate the Jews so much? Because God used them to give us the Messiah, the Son. That's why the devil hates them. There's one Savior. But you know what? God already tells us what's going to happen. One day the nations, Russia, Turkey, Iran will come against Israel. God already, how about that? And they're already coming together. And God says He will destroy them. God's going to do it. We're getting close? Sure looks like it. Especially when Turkey said not long ago, we need to go. Now, Turkey is open about their hatred towards Israel. Now, all these nations are coming together under Russia. Should I live in fear? No. I mean, oh, Jesus has got, oh, maybe tomorrow. Jesus is coming again. Oh, man, we're going to meet in the clouds. Oh, that's all right. Wow, praise the Lord. And I'll shed this old body. Yes, amen. Yes, Yes, what a blessing, amen. Oh, now when I go to Walmart, I have to look at the pharmacy. Let's see, they got something new for pain, something new for, oh, none of that anymore. Jesus, no more doctor visits. I won't be preaching any more funerals. That's okay. That is great. Amen. No more sadness. No more discouraged. So there's another word that was used, hindered. Chapter 2, verse 8. Now hindered, the word hindered, hindered, hindered simply means the road is so broken, devastated that you can't get through anymore. You're blocked in. You're hemmed in. There's no way out. You're stuck. Is that what you feel sometimes? Man God, this is bad. Maybe it's your finances, maybe it's something, I don't know, I am, Lord, there's no way out of this thing, what do we, got? God says, have faith in God, he never fails, he takes care of his children, as a church, as a family, he loves you, God will do something great in your life, but discouragement, the greatest tool of Satan, now that's my introduction, how far will we get? Not very far. I'm just going to mention the points briefly and let you out by 10. Teasing. So if I let you out by 8, 8, 15, just, hey, you say, hey, did pretty good. Amen. Right, children? No. <laughs> oh, amen. But notice, and let me just get briefly just mention some things. Their faith is under assault. And Paul recognized, now Paul is ministering to them. With his faith in action. Notice in verse 1 and 2, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear. Wherefore means I'm writing this because I know that you are being attacked. I know that you are going through great storms and great battles, and I am concerned for you, and I want to minister to you. I care for you. I love you. See, biblical faces, I want to minister. I want to care, not for selfish per- reasons, but for God's reason for you. I care for you. Your pastor cares for this ministry and cares for these people. You want to be victorious? Start practicing biblical faith, Lord. Help me get involved with others, loving people, knowing people. And then the word forbear, that means to be, oh, goodness gracious, Paul said, burdened down, almost broken. Paul is going through great trials himself right now. and You'll see that in just a minute. Paul is describing faith that's under fire. And yet he chooses, even in his suffering, he chooses to put others first. That's what Jesus did. He didn't think of himself. It means to be overwhelmed. God, I'm so burdened for these. Please don't let them fall by the wayside. These people that I've loved, these people that I've ministered to, these, some of these people who I've led to cry. Lord, please don't let them fall by the wayside. How we need to be burdened for one another. And pray for one another, our family and others. And then notice the word left. The word left is an interesting word. It's a term of bereavement. It means, it, is, it carries the thought of losing a loved one or someone that's special to you. They died. They're no longer with us. And Paul said, for you to be abandoned or to, or to abandon your faith is like losing my child. How about that? But you know, it's not just that. Paul is saying, I, he's sending Timothy. Paul is saying, i am hurting did you know that paul said i'm weary i'm downcast i need ministry but i choose to suffer more for your sakes how about that faith is sacrificial not self-centered you want your faith to go in and get joy think about others first there it is when someone said they're miserable i said so what are you doing in helping others Spiritually. What are you doing in helping the church? Because dear friend, you're open target for Satan if you're not in church. I mean Satan's got the right to throw you from every angle, to blind you, to deceive you, to discourage you. You're open target. Your faith is your armor. Faith is action, it's visible. Now, anyway, we got to notice thirdly, because it won't take long. Won't take long. Verses three through five. Notice Paul now gives instructions and reminders about the importance of of faith, and guarding your faith. And Paul is describing HIS faith, HIS weakness, and why he needs help, too. Boy, if Paul needs help, I know I need help, <laughs> amen, boy, goodness. Notice what he says in verse 3, that no man should be moved, discouraged, defeated, my own terms, downcast, quit, run, leave. By these afflictions, oh, they were tough. I cannot comprehend, now for just a moment. When, when uh, some of the Jewish people, and I saw some of the pictures and some of the testimonies were people that did survive, and they said, I had to watch my loved one being murdered in front of my eyes. I cannot comprehend watching someone behead a baby, an infant. I can't relate to that. But yet that's the power of Satan to blind us from reality and truth. If you don't stay in church... Stay in faith, stay in the Word. Satan has the right man, he'll throw you, he'll have you all messed up mentally and emotionally. I know, I, hey, I, you know what, Brother Sheldon, you often, God used you to help minister to me, thank you. God's often used you to help me, thank you. Some of you in here, Barry, you may not know it, but I've prayed for you often, and I still pray for you almost daily. There's been times you may not even realize it, you have encouraged my heart. Raymond, watching you today, you have ministered to me. Sister, I've watched you. You have ministered to me and you've helped me. That's what faith does. says, hey, we're in the family of God. Now, you may not understand this. If you're saved, we're in the family of God, which means brothers and sisters, which means you're stuck with me forever. And I know that can be depressing, but wait a minute. It goes both ways. (laughs) But it'll be okay. God will make all things right. But notice he reminds them three things to remember when the, concerning guarding your faith when things are difficult. Notice what he says, like in verse three. First of all, that no man should be moved, discouraged, downcast, defeated, or question the goodness and because then the devil said God doesn't love you, that wouldn't happen. That's a lie. That no man should be moved by these afflictions, these problems. For yourselves, says, No, you understand that we are appointed thereunto. Oh, My goodness! How many have been to dentist? I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful when I leave. I'm thankful when they give me pain medicine. I don't like the. (laughs) There's something about, you know. I hope we stop sometime. That's not, you know. There, there there has to come an end to that drill sometime. That's a big drill, man. I hope you realize that. oh man i remember when i came back from vietnam and i don't forget this but Sean, i may have told you i don't remember but i was my teeth had from, from being over there my teeth were really messed up and they had to, had to post a root canal on one of my front teeth and this guy was a major and i was sitting there he couldn't deaden it he, i don't know if he knew what he's doing and my fatigues my army fatigues literally drenched the pain was so intense And finally, I looked at him and said, no more. I said, if you're not able to stop that. I mean, I I felt everything, every nerve going right up through the, I mean, and I said, that's enough. And he said, um, then he said, I'm a major. You sit there. That's an order. I said, you do what you got to do. But (laughs) if I go to Jolly Old Jet, but I said, son, you don't know what you're doing. And so he put a temporary cap. But you know what? Even that, there's the goodness of God. You know what happened eventually? All my teeth were fixed. I say one thing, my precious mother, she didn't have much, but she borrowed the money so that her son, coming out of Bible college, we didn't have a dime to our name, said, I want you said, told this one Christian didn't fix his teeth. I owe her a lot. In the Lord good. God was teaching me trust, faith. Boy, in, I mean battles are real, aren't they? But then notice appointments. So, I'm thankful for dentists. I just don't like the appointments if they go wrong. <laughs> I'm thankful for doctors. I've had so many surgeries I can't count how many times. And I don't know, same with uh, Brother Sheldon. I mean, you've had um, broken bones, broken bones. And tragically, you know, I think you've beaten me. But I've got enough. And I still remember, I'll never forget this because, you know, when the day before I started Bible college, most of you know the story, I guess. And, um, and I, I just finished praying, God, whatever it takes, I want to be used of God. And the machine, there's supposed to be a safety rail, come down, keep your fingers out. And I was pushing metal plates in so it'd be, it would crush it. It had to pinch it. And I was pushing it through. The safety rail came down, held my finger, wouldn't let me pull them out. It came down the wrong time, malfunctioned. And I sit there and I watch that machine come down just like this. And it crushed every finger that I had. And also that prayer came back to my mind. I said, but uh, I didn't really mean that, Lord. <laughs> and, uh, but you know what? They said they couldn't save my hand. But you know what? He was able to save most of my fingers except for part of them. He said, Within just a few years you'll have arthritis, not move your heads. I'm still, I'm 73. And that was 21 at the time. And God is so good. Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. You know what God was teaching me? Dave Cook, don't you recognize you can't do a thing without me? None of us can. It's faith in him, his ability. You think you can? Oh, uh, you just think you can overcome that problem, that battle? Think you can make victory of that without God? Not going to happen. Lord Jesus, see, for a year I could do nothing. I had to be fed. You know how humbling that is for you? I mean, I, I had fought in combat, I fought in war, and I sit there in a chair all day. Couldn't do nothing. We didn't even have TV. Had nothing. I mean, turn the radio on. you kidding? My hand was just like, I couldn't turn nothing on. I sit there. And I went through all this emotion, but God said, Dave Cook, I'm teaching you that without me you can do nothing. That's faith in God, not your efforts, not your determination, but it's God, God Almighty that does the victory you got love you're burdened about you got personal battles it's jesus not you and then he mentions in verse 4 for verily when we were with you we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass and you know Oh, my goodness. Don't you remember? You were taught the Bible. You were taught the Word of God. I preached the message of God that, hey, whom the Lord loveth, He chasteth. He's just telling us, you're going to have problems and difficulties. Oh, but Lord, I don't want to. I mean, I've told the story when I first got saved. I said, great, no more problems. I know that's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Took me two weeks to which correct that theology. I mean, man, I've never had so many battles and try if you're saved, the devil's gonna attack you and try to discourage you. Yet nothing can come into your life but what God allows. Did you hear that? And when you submit that battle to him, he brings you out stronger. Great is the Lord. Are you trusting in him? Or are you trying to fix it yourself? It'll never be fixed. Never will. You're trying to solve the issues without God? Not gonna happen. Jesus, Jesus is the solution. In verse 5 he talks about why it's important to have faith in God because the devil is working like never before. He was working then. People were being martyred, put to death. And notice in verse 5, For this cause when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. Who's the tempter? Satan. Satan we got the world, we got, man, the flesh, we got the devil. I mean, man, you feel like all of them are coming at me today, man. I mean, it's all there. Have faith in God. That's why I like those songs. Faith is the victory. Faith of our fathers. And one day, that honors the Lord. You say, well, I blew it. It won't be the last time, but confess it. Move on. Don't, don't stay there. Don't dwell there. God loves you. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him. But it is faith in God that makes God real in your life. Like I said, this is my last point. And and one is the fact, verses 6-8, through it is like I have been saying we see the ministry of faith. And look what Paul said, and I am almost through. Now notice, but now when Timotheus came from from you unto us, he brought us good tidings of your faith. I mean visibly living for the Lord, serving God. They, what, they, were, they were not quitting, they kept giving up the gospel, no matter what the cost may be. They were not gonna they were not gonna deny the Lord. And then he said, charity, that means visible love in action, caring for others. And that ye have good remembrance of us always. What was happening? There were those who were attacking Paul, trying to get the Thessalonians to question their faith in Paul. He'll attack one another. He'll attack the man of God. He'll make us question, can we trust? Boy. See, Satan divides. And God brings together. In verse verse 8, notice, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. You know what Paul said? Your faith, knowing that you're still standing through all the conflicts and all the battles, all the storms, You're still standing firm. Paul said, you have now encouraged me. You have now strengthened my faith. You have now helped me. What is your faith doing for others? The just shall live by faith. Ah, I want to see it. God said, no. Trust me, then you'll see it. And then last of all, verse 9 through 13, I want to just just briefly give you this the blessings, the outcome, the results of those who choose to live by faith. I'm gonna give it to you. What, you're determined to live by faith, even when it hurts, and even when others doubt you, and they, they said, Man, you're a wacko. or what you know what you choose to live by faith. The devil works on your mind. In verse 9 and 10, what does, what happens to your life when you choose to live by faith and believe in God no matter what? It produces spontaneous praise, worship, and prayer. How about that? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Verse 11, it allows us to be aware of His presence and His direction. God will lead us. Psalm 23. I like the little girl that said, The Lord is my shepherd, what more shall I want? He leadeth me through what? Green pastures. That's what that's saying. God wants to lead you and direct you, but you got... It starts by living by faith and surrendering. And it's not I, it's not what you can do, but by what God will do. Then verse 12, faith will mature you or grow you as you continue to live by faith. God will stretch your faith and you'll see greater things happen in your life and through your life. But He's got to test you. He's got to mold you. And then He will bless you. Verse 13, notice this one in closing. What will faith do? You're determined to live by faith, no matter what the cost may be. To the end, He may establish you. It keeps you faithful. Your heart's unblameable keeps you holy in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. So what does faith do? It will preserve you. You know, Kathy used to preserve stuff, not as much now. I love to watch people when they would do their preserving or canning, whatever you call it, all of a sudden you, I would listen for that little noise when it would seal. Neat, neat. If it didn't do that, it's no good. It ain't going to work. Amen. God says, I will preserve and keep you from all the conflicts and all the battles. Not keep us out of it, but He keeps us through it day by day. What a day that will be! That trumpet sounds, we get caught up in the air, and all the burdens and battles will be left behind. God gives us a new body. Yeah, amen. Stand before Him, streets of gold, and we're going to think, why did I let those little things distract me and discourage me? Jesus, Jesus, sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? because he first loved me he loves you has your faith I want to pray and turn it over to the pastor father we're so thankful for thy goodness and mercy I confess my own weakness and frailties <clears throat> and I thank you father for thy goodness and mercy Lord how we pray for every need and every life that's present <clears throat> Lord encourage and God strengthen as only you can in Jesus name amen pastor